Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three American expats explore different topics related to living and working in South Korea. With a combined 50 years of living experience in Asia, there are plenty of stories to tell. So, pop in your AirPods and make yourself comfortable. It's time for the Soul Patch Podcast. Kev, you you told me uh, I think yesterday you mentioned that the that was the last dog day of summer. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, it's the, Malibu, I... the last dog day of summer. Yeah, there's three of them every year. Like we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago at, during the middle one, and um, there's also one at the beginning of summer. Basically, they they kind of symbolize the beginning, the the hottest day of the summer, and then kind of the way Koreans think about it is starting yesterday. We're kind of entering the fall, and the temperatures will will slowly start to drop a oh, bit. So there's these three days, they're they're not holidays, right? But they're no, they're they're, they're, they're I think as... they're in the, the lunar calendar. They're not like Fred days or they're not anything that people celebrate, but it's just not, something that, that all the Samgetong, all the chicken the, the, the chicken soup places will will become very popular on, on these days. Well we, we so yesterday was the, uh, the final of them. You know, my Korean is my Korean level is low. So I do that. Is it literally does it translate to like dog days of some? Is it the same metaphor no. that we use or is that something no. you're, you're calling it? It's, you're, it's you're just... totally different. Um, I don't know what the book stands for. Um, my book just means it's like Jumai, like end, end of week. Um, so my and then book is I'll try and find it. I'll, I'll look up the Hanja. I'll look up the, the, the Chinese for it while we're, while we're talking. Oh, but so no, it doesn't mean the dog days. I'm just... These days you, you have to eat certain foods. There's certain uh, special, there's certain special foods you're supposed to eat. I've never, I've never done this. I, I've I only familiar with the one day, or... which was the Samgyetang. I knew that Samgyetang was like, one. you eat that on a special day or something like that. But, yeah. uh, and, and Samgyetang, Samgyetang, by the way, uh, yeah, we should probably uh, define that for our audience, our listeners. Uh, it's a, it's a chicken, a chicken stew more than a soup, I would say, right? Is it? Yeah, a, it's, yeah it's a braise. Well, yeah, really wet braise. So yeah, somewhere between a soup and a and a braise. And it's got uh, it's got uh, ginseng uh, root in there, which uh, yeah, the whole root, not like ginseng powder. This is like big chunks, like, like yeah, potato. I like love a, it. Oh. I eat it. Some people oh, yeah, just great. leave it in for flavor. I I, just I go crazy on it. I love it. And jinko uh, jinko beans. Is that right? You know the jinko, yeah. The, those the, really—they smell like just unhang, unhang, Yeah, the jinko. Yeah, I, oh, the the ginkgo ginkgo tree berries. Sorry, ginkgo tree berries. I, isn't that in Samgyetang as well? I, I always I, thought it was the little dates. Okay, and it, the dates are definitely in there too. Yeah, but uh, I thought there was also the the ginkgo uh, uh, berries. But I, I could. Uh, I have it like once every two years. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I haven't I had it in a couple of years either. Yeah. Uh, well, Kevin yeah, so lives, they do, they uh, rice. They take a bunch of rice that they cram a bunch of rice in its butt, like you do at uh, <laughs> like a turkey for Thanksgiving. Yeah, turkey. But it's just rice. Yeah, and they tie that off. You steam it or um, braise it in water. So it's like the broth has really no salt. So it's kind of strange that way. But the amount of gelatin, because all the bones, it's like such a sticky on your lips kind of of uh, broth. Mm-hmm. I don't think about it. I should eat it more often. It sounds kind of great. It's actually. fantastic. And they and they have a little, there's a little dish usually of salt where you dip the right. chicken yeah, in yeah, the salt. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And I usually uh, I the salt and I sprinkle it into the soup. Yeah, right. So I, and it creates like a, a wonderful porridge uh, at the end, which, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. It is my favorite uh, Korean food. 
Like it's my number one. So yeah, I love it. So yesterday was was the last day to well, not the last day was was an official day to to have one of those. So Samgyetang day. Yep, pretty much. Okay, right on. And uh, so yeah, but I did not eat that yesterday actually. (laughs) So I did the I did the the middle one. So this week we want to talk about our uh, early food experiences or like how we adapted. Is that the idea here? Yeah. And we can also, t- uh, you know, extend that to talk about, uh, you know, just how we, how we deal with, you know, like food shopping and cooking and, and uh, how often we eat out. Um, you know, I think uh, Korea is it's also really so easy to, I think it's so easy to talk about all the foods that you still love. Like you were talking about, you just love Sangaetang, right? Oh, I, love I love a lot yeah. of the red foods here. I mean, pretty much, I mean, kimchi, jaegukbokum, the kind of spicy pork, um, uh, oh, what's the, what's the spicy soup? I haven't had it in a while. I need the red foods. I like spicy stuff. Are you, you guys are into spicy, of course, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, I do. I, I love spicy food. Like, like you said, Jayuk Bokum is, uh, some pork in, uh, uh yeah. Bokum is, is mixed rice basically or fried rice. Fried. Sorry. Oh, fried rice. It's fried. Yeah. Bokum doesn't necessarily mean rice. Bokum just means like kind of pan fried. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Pan fried. Okay. Uh, Bokum um, bop. Bop is rice. There you go. Bop is okay. rice. There you um, go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I mean, it's, it's easy to think about foods. I think something could be kind of interesting. I'm curious what kind of foods, because there's so many good things. Like I love Korean food. I love the spicy stuff. And I'm sure you guys have been told many times, like, wow, you like spicy. Um, you've gotten that. But what foods do you still not like in Korea? What are things that you don't dig on? I can me, tell you, I can tell you one thing that I just, I can't, yeah. uh, I can't get on board with uh, anything that has to do with feet, chicken feet, <laughs> pig feet, I'm Go not by. a fan, Go and it's, it, it goes back to uh, my childhood, and I no, I did not have a traumatic uh, foot experience as a child, but um, it's that t- texture. Like, when I was a yeah, kid, I, you couldn't, I, if you said, you know, I'll give you a hundred bucks to eat this tomato, I, I couldn't eat it. I hated the texture of that, uh, of a tomato, but I love, uh, you know, pasta sauce, tomato sauce, you know? Right, um, right. It's uh, so for me, texture is very uh, important. So the, you know, eating like uh, chicken feet, you, that, that cartilage and, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it just gives me the willies, you know? For, for me, the, the chicken feet is like, it does nothing for me. It's just okay. like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, it's like a beer snack kind of thing. So I'm not into it. Blah. The pig's feet though, like the trotters, whatever they call it, the, it's, um, okay. Yeah, so yeah, uh, this is basically like it's pig's feet that's um, <laughs> raised with a lot of like, I think it's like star anise. It almost has like a cinnamon flavor. Um, it reminds me a little bit of like uh, Vietnamese pho, like that broth in a way. Um, well, that doesn't unique. sound so bad, actually. But well, uh, it's actually that flavor of chopal, the, the pig's feet flavor, um, the, the spices they use. I don't think that really seems like other Korean dishes. It reminds me more of something like Southern Chinese mm-hmm. um, dishes. So it's a little bit different. I agree with what Jack's saying though, like a texture thing that was rough coming to Korea. So like, that's definitely something that I've changed. I remember, um, you know, some of the first meals you get are things like moksal, which is slices of pork neck or um, some Gepsal classic, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's pork belly. And pork belly is delicious. I mean, but it's it, got a big chunk of the skin and the fat is also uh, oh, man, one of I, the, the layers, first, right? 
the first slices of some gypsum I had. So the way they bring this to your grill, you know, it looks like um, it's raw. They bring it to the table raw and there's a fire on the table. Uh, and it looks like super thick cut raw bacon. So it's uncured, mm -hmm. just raw pork belly. And the skin is still on it, the crackling or whatever. I mean, it's raw. I've, I, it was one of the first experiences I had. The hair was still on it. <laughs> you know, Most places don't do that. I was looking, yeah, exactly. you looked at it and you're like, that, this piece of meat has more hair than I do, you know? Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's more common head. to have, yeah. it's more common to, yeah, it's more common to even have the skin trimmed off. But yeah, yeah, uh, I've never seen it with the hair on, to be first, uh, to be honest. I've, I've oh, seen it with the hair on yeah. very specifically with the Jeju um, black pork. Yeah. Uh, and and oh, the they reason wanna, they do that yeah. is they want to prove that this is the actual, <laughs> this is black the, pig, the Jeju you know? black pig. And yeah. so they leave just a little bit of that, that hair on. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a, it's a magic yeah. trick, show you what's happening. It's like, oh, look over here. It really is what you're, what I'm showing you. Yeah, and the, the, the pieces of pork belly, they'll also have um, often a little bit of the rib tip still in the slice. So it's the soft yeah, cartilage, cartilage at the end of the rib, and you can actually crunch through it. And um, occasionally I, I would. These days, I, I don't know. It just seems... No, um, I feel like it's a, a, a tooth. Uh, it's like a trip to the dentist, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, incoming. Fishbones, fish yeah. too. Like in Korea, it's pretty common if the fish bones are small, they'll, they'll crunch through them. Yeah um and depends on the fish but yeah there's some oh that's what i said like for small small bones so yeah. what's that little fish um not it's seasonal mielchi uh, no, no, no 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 not no, no. that okay you only you it, no you get it live they're only they're about this big and they're seasonal i think it's autumn i'm not sure maybe spring and they cut it into slices and you eat it just way which is raw fish in korea so it's like mm -hmm. sashimi kind of it's unaged sashimi so they just take uh, the live fish and they slice it up and then you just eat it but that one you eat the the spine of the fish you just crunch through hmm. it oh it's yeah small. i don't know the name of that one but my i don't know what the name of this fish is but my mother-in-law prepared one that is that you absolutely can just bite right through it's it just melts right in your mouth the spine and and, and everything so it's yeah. it's very it's it's delicious i i wish i knew the name of it i'm not uh i'm not a foodie um so unfortunately so Same. for you know i think we've got one uh ryan is definitely yeah. the resident expert today Th last week kev was the language expert today ryan is the food <laughs> the expert. food expert yeah we'll definitely. See how far my knowledge goes I, th I think i think kevin actually probably knows quite a bit because he lives in a, a much more korean home than i do so i think he has a lot more Korean meals, I think, than I do. He's the geo, like or the Korean location uh, to uh, the mother-in-law is is huge. You know, I mean, that's a, <laughs> this is true. That's a lot of uh, that's a encyclopedia of knowledge right there. So yeah, uh, I really need to yeah. take advantage of it and actually learn how to like make kimchi the way she does and, and things oh, yeah. like that because it, it, I just wish I cared about kitchen stuff more. Uh, yeah. Well, but I, going I back to really quick, quick what, what you were saying about foods that you don't, for me, texture is really big as well. Like one food that I still just don't really dig on in Korea that Korean people just love is oh, let me guess, rice cakes. Dotori mook. Dotori no, mook? actually, I like that. Oh, that I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. We'll talk about that later. No, just, sorry. Just, okay. just, just rice, just like dokboki, rice, you know, like spicy rice cake stuff. Like I just don't really like dok very much. It's just chewy. Oh. I, and I don't, I don't dig on the chewy stuff. It's the same yeah, with. So um, that's a weird food. It's a weird food, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, duck, it's like I a, it's a noodle. It it's like a, it's like a carbohydrate super noodle it or really something. Is. You know what I mean? Like, like the the amount of calories like per square inch 
is probably yeah. unparalleled yeah. when so, it comes to so, duck bokeh, you know, duck, uh, uh, for, rice cake, you know. For listeners, what duck is, is um, the rice in Korea, there's uh, kind of two primary types that people will have here. There's one that basically you eat just like white rice and it's quite sticky. And if you've been to a Korean restaurant, you've seen this, or you've been to Korea, you've seen this. And there's another one, which is like super, 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 super sticky. Like you could build a house with it. And um, they'll use this to, uh, so if you picture cooking the rice and then you have like the sticky substance that comes out of it, they're just mm. rendering the rice to get this. This is my general understanding. I'm not teaching a course here. I don't, I've never done this. But, but that sounds right to me. Like they're- Yeah, it's, it's yeah. basically what you're, it's the um, like highly glutinous rice, I guess. It's, it's like so, if you went to a bakery when they're, you know, kneading bread or something. Like it's just, you, you know, you're, you're, it's continually- packing it together, you know, like, uh, yeah. So you cook the rice and the liquid that's coming off it has a lot of this, um, snotty type, uh, gluten or something. I think, and I think you end up using the remaining rice. You could correct me on this one, Kev, you might know for shikye, the sweet drink, whatever. Anyway. So it's a, it's a, uh, rendered part of cooking rice that you can pack into what looks like, you know, like a block of uh, clay almost, or like gum. It is the stickiest thing. It tastes, to me, honestly, it tastes like nothing. Um, yeah, it's, it's really it's neutral. Like, it's like tofu. You know, you put it in stuff and it takes up the flavor of the things that you I, I flavor think, it I with. Think it makes, by comparison, I think it makes tofu, tofu taste super flavorful. Like, duck is like just I, mean, I love tofu. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is interesting. I, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be the, the, uh, uh, the, the, I'm going to take the other position here. Um, I, I love duck. Uh, my my daughter's favorite food is duck bulky. Um, I can eat now. I try not to eat it because, you know, I have, I, I think we established earlier in a different podcast. Uh, my, my, I have a pension to, uh, my weight likes to go up and down and up and down. And uh, if I'm eating duck, it's going up. So uh, I, I stay away from it for that reason. But I do. I love it. I love the texture of the of duck, which is weird because huh. I, I hate the texture of like uh, uh, pig's feet or or chicken feet. But when it comes to rice, I, for some reason it it is sticky and and but it's uh but it's kind of benign because it comes from rice. I, so I like not, it. I like it when we make gross. it in house. We make it in house here. I like it. I don't like eating it typically in restaurants that I go to because the type of duck that we get here, um, the one that my girlfriend buys like online or whatever, it's a little less sticky. So when I bite it, it actually separates into pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Ryan, a lot of the duck that you'll get in restaurants as well, it's made from flour. Okay. Ah, okay. So it's not that it's apples and oranges then. Yeah. I mean, Right. So that's actually when, if you look for salto, like rice, rice, rice cake, instead of mukaruto, instead of flour, rice cake, instead of flour. Yeah, it's not rice so cake. So they, they make like a cheaper whatever. version, essentially? That's yeah, just like the basically. Oh, Yeah, so definitely, okay, like if you okay. go to like one of the cheap tokoki places or something, mm. like I'd, I'd, you know, put dimes to dollars that, that it's, it's going to be flour, not rice. Mm. So like a lot of times when, if we get it here at home, um, my mother-in-law or like, something like, will be like, oh, this is rice, rice cake. Like, is it, yeah, it's is it, flour. It's wheat flour, not like rice flour. Like I rice, believe so. Ground rice. Yeah. 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 Again, just for the record, I don't really know how it's processed. That was my impression by based on the material because I never ever um, uh, made it myself. 
But one fun fact I do know about Duck, since we're talking about it, one fun fact, it's um, old as hell. It's like one of the oldest foods in the world. No um, way. Yeah. That's crazy. So it, it seems like, I thought that was kind of impressive because when I think about it, it seems like a rendered thing. You know, it came from like rice and you'd expect rice to be the older thing. But yeah. actually it was a way of like eating rice that's super old. It's like what you did with rice. Yeah. Um, I remember name a year you have to go wikipedia to find it but uh kind of cool that it's um and i'm sure it's right around the same time they were making alcohol with rice too you know what i mean when they learned how to <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure those two things <laughs> those two things are like right together came together yeah I, I, I need a drink with this uh you know this this rice snack um yeah that's, we that's have more rice how can we turn this into a drink like, i'll tell you I, what I, though I, if, yeah i'm not a fan of of dark necessarily like i said i'll eat it here and i, I can enjoy it it's okay but as far as like, if you if you're never been to Korea, never had this as a food thing, and you like exploring new foods, it's tame. I mean, it's not like well, you're sure. eating like you know a chicken's butthole or something weird. Like it's which not which is a thing in Korea. Which by is the a way. thing here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just yeah. He, he wasn't but just uh, Ryan's not being facetious he, when he's he was just pulling out of thin air right there. There yeah. yeah chicken buttholes, you can eat them in Korea. Yes. Um, it's, uh, right. No, the cookie is a very safe food. You're right. It's a very, very, yeah. very safe food. It's, it's, but it's, it's going to be a very big. I, I'm just not a, a fan of the texture. Food. It's a big experience for someone who hasn't had that food. It's going to feel strange. It's a it's a weird one. But walking by walking by a, what they call a duck jeep, like a like a a, a a rice cake house in the morning when it when it's when they're cooking that stuff. It smells wonderful. It's so nice. Oh, the, the place I, just like not the not the restaurant, but the the, the little places that actually make yeah, the, the where they sell the cakes yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. If you walk by one of those in the morning and that all that steam Agreed, coming out, actually. it really is. It does smell wonderful. That's a treat. You, you do yeah. like carbs. You do like I do. <laughs> yeah, I told you, I'm fighting the the battle against <laughs> carbs, and I'm losing. I'm losing horribly. How about to to move from foods that we don't like? What about have, have there been any foods that were hard for you to get used to at first? but you've now grown to, to like them. And these can be like just really simple things. Like my, for me, um, actually I, you know, nudongji, like the, the, the burnt rice, basically that you get. Yeah. 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 Meal, when like you the burnt put rice the soup. hot water in there and kind of. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, yeah. just crunchy. It's just like a snack, like nudongji that for me tasted like, like nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it, for me, it's, it's, I mean, it's burnt rice. It's like, why do you like burnt rice? Um, but I've, I've made a concerted effort over the, the last bunch of years that whenever I go to a restaurant, I, I just eat or drink the, the nudongji, the burnt rice, because Koreans, for them, this is like super comfort food. And like everyone likes it, even though it tastes like nothing. Yeah, it um, but it's, no just, it's just comfort food. Like, I know, but they love it because it's, it's very savory. I think they would say it's very gose. But there's no um, salt. It's not salty, though. It's not. There's no right flavor to it but, yeah so that's that's something for me that i still don't necessarily enjoy because again it tastes like like yeah. nothing but i've gone from the like oh this is nothing to okay there's there's something to it um i yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where i can actually appreciate it because it's so ubiquitous and just all koreans just just love it like i haven't met a single Korean yeah. person that didn't like Mulanji. Yeah, my yeah. wife is just listening to me now, and she's like, "Yeah, it's just very savory. It's, it's that's yeah, that's the that's, flavor. That's, it's, it's savory." It's worth describing that one for the listeners too. So what he's what he's talking about? It's not just burnt rice. It's like okay, if you've ever <laughs> made, just if you've ever made rice. rice, well, if you ever made rice in a pot, okay, and you don't have like a rice cooker, or whatever, and um, your pot is not like a Teflon lining; it's like a stainless steel uh, or other, and you didn't use enough water, or you overcooked it. And then when you go and stuff the rice, yeah. 
you, you can get all the rice out, but there's like a coating of, of rice that's stuck to the whole pot. They leave that there. They yeah, it's a little bit burnt. Yeah, it's yeah. a little burnt. They In the West, we call that uh, garbage. But, yeah, but, basically. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. So, yeah. Oh. Not to be rude, yeah. but uh, well, yeah. Okay. It, it would be. It would go down the drain. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you feel like it what would. that's called is like a, it's a dish. It's a dish doing problem. You know, it's, it's a cleanup problem. <laughs> right. But right. what they do is uh, they turn up the heat and it, it you know, not burnt black, but it, it super toasts it. And then um, you're deglazing, basically. You throw water in and it breaks it off. And then that you can mm. drink and eat it. But um, for like on the street or if you go to like a 7-Eleven, even I think a lot of uh, County Jones, like convenience stores, you can buy just that drop, that cooked crispy. That's yeah, like the cracker skin rice thing. And you just oh. snack on it. or you can throw yeah. it in water at home and then make your own little thing. And that, you know what? Another- I, for all the, all the, all the uh, crapping I've been doing on it, I always eat it. You know, it's yeah, carbs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I told it. you I'm losing the battle on carbs. So, you know, yeah, it's still, like, it's still carbs. these carbs have no taste at all, but I will finish it all, you know. Um, Cannot stop. Cannot stop. <laughs> so that's that's a that's a, a simple food that for me, like there's really no reason I wouldn't or there's it, it's not like oh, some strange I mean there's a lot of crazy foods here. Every country has crazy foods. And this isn't something that was like, oh, that's weird. It was just I'm like, I just don't dig on it, but I'm trying to. Yeah. to get there with this specific yeah. food well i'm gonna I'm go uh yeah, go oh sorry uh, uh uh sorry ryan didn't mean to, to jump mm. on in front of you um but mine was uh i'm not gonna say kimchi because i think like kimchi is is the thing that you struggle with and then all of a sudden you wake up at six in the morning six months into your 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 life in korea and you just all you want to do is eat like a pound of kimchi like you, you know what i mean like you just there's nothing more delicious than just a kimchi right now but uh for me it was uh, oh, right do, uh dotori mook and dotori oh, okay. is uh acorn, acorn. which yeah. again in america we feed squirrels we let them have those uh we don't collect them right do we don't render those acorns I, I can't i can't think that ryan would you know are there any acorn dishes in the in, in the west in the state I, I don't really cook with a lot of acorns to be honest <laughs> I don't but have you ever do, do you know of any I know you can think of it. Okay, right, but that's other yeah. than like uh, you know Chip and Dale, the you know right. the, uh, the I I can't think of any uh, you know. No. Uh, so so uh, I want to come back to this in a second. They, they Continue what you're up, going with. Right? But... Oh, sorry. It's, so anyway, it's, no, it's just... made into a gelatin, so it has the consistency Basically. of Jello. Um, it's just like it looks just, just like, like Jello, yeah. but it has it... again, it has no taste to it. There's no. I can't put it, I cannot put my finger on a distinct taste. You said, what does this taste like? I said, well, it air, I, I don't know, like n- <laughs> nothing. You know what I mean? Like there is no, there's no actual taste to it. Now you put uh, some right. like, uh, you put some soy sauce and some chives yeah. on top of it and then right, you eat it. Nice. And it, and, uh, right. and I, I've totally come around to it now. I'll eat it. If it's on the table, I'll eat it and I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, however, uh, it took me years of, you know, I'm like, I love everything, but I don't like dotori mook. And then my students all go, oh, uh, we love it. You're crazy. What's wrong with you? You know? Um, and, and so that was mine. That was mine. Yeah. Brown flavorless jello. Brown yeah. flavorless jello made from uh, acorns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I like it. I don't know why. I can't. I can't. Defend I, I do too. Yeah. yeah. But I, I also like it with the flavor stuff on top generally. 
But, I like yeah. that we kicked off this discussion talking about um, Korean foods and the foods we jumped to were all ones that really have a lot of traditions. So if you're talking about these types of mm. food, this is very different from the things that maybe if you come to Korea and, you know, uh, if you've got a guide with you or whatever, people are going to want to show you like the extreme ends and they might want to take you to like, um, yeah, Sanakji is a live octopus. Okay, if you're if you're listening to a Korean podcast, you've seen a YouTube video, so you know like mm-hmm. people eat live moving octopus, um, or like raw fish where they take a you know the fish out of the tank and it's alive. They chop it up directly and you just eat it, right? There's no cooking and anything, and it's still like twitching. This type of stuff. Okay, that's yeah. that's um, part of culture here, but it's that's all really new. That's all really, really new. Like eating eating live octopus, sanakji is not an ancient traditional thing here. Didn't didn't oh, okay. sanakji mostly come from Old Boy? Yeah, it's a lot from a film. Right. I, oh, I think that, that, right? that's I didn't know it was that one. I don't know. Yeah, maybe but, it was just yeah. I'm not yeah. positive on that. But uh, but it's it's. I think it's kind of fun to look at some of the the more traditional stuff. So even like whey, like raw fish, that's a much more modern thing. That's not like an ancient tradition in Korea, but something like duck, I think duck is like over a thousand years. Like that's, that's old, old stuff. That's cool. And I, look think into we, it. I think we also have to mention uh, really quickly uh, the, uh, we, I, we talked about it last week a little bit, the Japanese occupation, because yeah. there's a lot mm-hmm. of the cuisine is, uh, is fusion um essentially or just japanese food but koreanized um which or even not even just the 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 japanese occupation but during the korean war when when the american military bases were here is from oh yeah right that's like american base that basically means like military base soup oh kevin Um, describe that one can i I ask you a question kevin and and tell me Hmm. if this is like apocryphal or if this is actually true um, so my understanding of budichige, because I think you would know this, was like the Americans would dump a, essentially a food box down, mm. you know, like, you know, like, dro- like there's starving populations. So they'll drop boxes right. of uh, rations, you know, American military rations, spam, uh, hot dogs, hot dogs, um, yeah. uh, uh ramen i guess like maybe like instant noodles was i, I don't That's know that doesn't the, seem like a military thing but I th- it's more the spam and the hot dogs are what in the, what's in the budechige yeah there. and and but uh, yeah basically they they came from p- the military bases it's it's from yeah because that's what was available it was really hard for korean people to get meat of any kind right protein, um and yeah. so yeah, yeah at, at the time this was you know back in the 1950s during the korean war and um so meat was basically impossible. And so people were on the bases and the, the soldiers would basically just, if they had extra, I guess, um, would kind of give it out to the populace or the populace would maybe trade for it or whatever. And yeah, so then they started basically Koreanizing spam and, and taking spam and hot dogs, which hot dogs, you know, picture like American, you know, baseball game or something. And then they're throwing <laughs> right, it into right. this like spicy soup, um, which is actually like the first couple of times I saw it, I was definitely surprised. I was like, why the hell are there like these... You know, just bland hot dogs. These aren't even like you know, not like a Chicago sausage or something. It's just like it's random. not a ballpark like, Frank or anything. That <laughs> no, we're, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. some some normal hot dog. And why is it in this soup? Why is there spam and hot dog in this soup? And I was definitely surprised the first couple times I saw it. But it, that it's it's tasty. It's it's a good soup. Man, you put a put a hot dog and a in a in a bowl of budichige next to each other. I'm going to budichige, man. I'm going for the uh, and uh, what does <laughs> bude what does bude mean? And uh, what was it translate to? I, I think it's just basically like military base. Um, so military base and Jige is stew. So just like yeah, a, yeah military camp, military, but, yeah, camp military stew. Base. 
Okay. Yeah, uh, right. So you'll hear us use the word chige, jige a lot. And that just means stew, which is different than a soup. I suppose soup is, is much thinner and a stew is, is a thicker um, uh, a food, yeah. I suppose. Right. If we, if we're. Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm just fact checking some of the things I said again, cause I don't want to act like I'm an authority on anything. Cause that's how you, <laughs> you, you like, you, you rolled that in the beginning. You're like, Brian knows food. Like, sorry, I like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I want to fact check myself. So, um, First, Huey. Huey does have a tradition in Korea that's not just modern, but the way that it's done today is very much influenced by like occupation, etc. But it does go back for a long time, like up to almost a thousand years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Duck, on the other hand, <laughs> this is just according to Wikipedia, seventh or eighth century BC. Wow! Okay. Wow! Is that is <laughs> that almost older... three thousand years at this point? That's I like mean, I don't red, know. basically, right? I mean, yeah. Which, but again, that just surprised me because it seems like a rendered, created, newer type product. It doesn't seem elemental, you but know. But does it? Does it? To, to me, it seems like it might be the byproduct of like alcohol. Like yeah, they're making right. alcohol, and then they have this other thing that that they can't drink, but it's gelatinous. <laughs> That's Let's, what was extra. Does the duck actually exist because the byproduct was alcohol? I, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, with the rice research fly. project. That's your homework, yeah. Jack. Get on it. I'll get yeah. on that. Sorry, I, I gotta. Yeah. But for all the all the funny things we can say about that food, I just wanted to emphasize that I think if you're looking for something unique and it's Korean and it's like traditional, it's kind of a fun thing to check out because it's weird. I mean, if you're not if you're not familiar with it, it's a weird thing. I can't think of any other Duck. food that that texture. I would say though, if if, if you're going to be talking about for for people traveling to Korea in this specific place, tteokbokki is definitely going to be more of a modern take on it. Oh sure. Right? Yeah. But but when you go to the supermarket, there's like an entire aisle. There's I mean like like Jack was saying, there's there's the dok store down the down the street from you that just like makes all different rice cakes, and there's the kind that are like coated in the different kind of flours, and there's there's many different types of rice cakes, and those are going to be much more traditional than tteokbokki. Now both are very modern traditional korean of course but if you're going like way far back then then probably dokoki is going to be the the least traditional of those styles and again it's probably going to be more flower well, let me uh, there's, uh, a, there's, a, sorry, there's something, something i need to add that i think would actually be uh valuable for anybody that is going on a culinary adventure um into korean foods here or anywhere uh seeking it out one of the things that i really like about being in asia in general is that if you can find foods that do not have spiciness, like in their basic design, like there is no spiciness, you can be pretty sure that um, there's at least a better chance that that's a more traditional food because as probably a mm. lot of there's no, there was yeah. no, all chilies come from the West. They're all mm. new world foods. So prior to the Colombian exchange, so if you go back, you know, 500 years, there was nothing spicy in Korea, nothing. There was no such thing as a chili pepper in India. There was no chili peppers. There were no chili peppers in Thailand. It's kind of hard to believe, but all of that came from the new world. So when you're in Korea, if you find foods that don't have a red sauce, which is <laughs> not many, there's a lot of spicy stuff here. They really, really laid into the pepper thing. But um, if you find things that are undressed or unspicy like that, or don't have the the red sauce. Um, there's a good chance that it might be something that is a little more truly traditional. Actually, has uh, you know a Wikipedia page. 
yeah, yeah. the same thing it's that Ryan is saying to add yeah. to that, like kimchi is a perfect example of that as well. Yeah. Like the original kimchi, I mean, kimchi is the ubiquitous Korean food. Like when people say, like, what's the most stereotypical Korean food? It's, it's kimchi. Um, and, and, you know, kimchi is great, but spicy kimchi is not the first kimchi. Right. No, that there's was, so many different kinds one. of kimchi. Oh, yeah. You know, nobody. Oh, yeah. I, when I, I thought I've kimchi... been to a kimchi museum. It was fascinating. Yeah. A kimchi yeah. museum? Yeah, there was one somewhere in near one of the palaces uh, downtown. Right, it's in the um, it's good, right? Yeah, yeah, there was one. It's a, it's, it's a, maybe it wasn't even a full museum. It was like an exhibit in one of those museums by the palace. I don't remember. It was a long, a long time back. But it was really interesting. The only thing I remember, because again, this was quite a few years ago, was there was an, a cool map. In, in the museum and they were pointing out how like like kimchi is very regional as well and so there's like you know the Seoul kimchi there's the Busan kimchi there's the the Pyongyang kimchi the North Korean kimchi as well um, and there's all these different types of kimchi from like a region around Korea and and then there's so many more I think I remember reading something at the time that there's like over 200 different types of kimchi well the um, thing you have to remember like if you sit down for uh, a meal of like let's say galbi is uh, short short ribs is that what that is is it, it uh, Mm, uh, ribs, kind of uh, ribs essentially and uh and uh you'll have a lot of side dishes and uh in all the side dishes you'll have these different different types of vegetables but it's all fermented that's kimchi like each of those is is a kimchi if i'm not mistaken right like it's uh and that could be wrong but there's like i would i would i would i would count them as it like in my refrigerator like in our house we have oh this is this is something to mention uh kimchi refrigerators so kimchi as a smell if you've ever bought it at a store or whatever you know it's powerful stuff like it transcends the concept of garlic and onions and anything else you can think of that is powerful transcends time yeah Yeah. be with you forever tap on screwed tight in your refrigerator you've got about 24 hours before your butter cheese and milk all smells like kimchi so in korea it is totally common this is not like if you're rich and you have extra money for an extra refrigerator or something everybody has pretty much a kimchi refrigerator Mm -hmm. and this refrigerator is held at a special temperature and it is for your stinky stuff so we we have one here kev you you have a kimchi refrigerator too i assume oh of course of course yeah he says of course right yeah yeah oh we we've got one too yeah i mean you you gotta have one yeah i mean because it does make a difference it does it's one well one it's for the it's for the flavors to not leak into everything else but also because as as people know or as you might know as you guys know at least you know kimchi is fermented right and in order to ferment it it needs a very specific temperature range for a long period of time and a refrigerator a normal refrigerator it's closed but every time you open it the the temperature is you know dropping and and raising again um and whereas when you get this kimchi refrigerator it's one of the if you've ever seen like a i used to have like one of these kind of freezers kimchi refrigerators for anyone who's, who's listening it's not a refri- generally it's not a refrigerator that you open from the side it's a refrigerator that is like a, a treasure box you open the case up and you look down into it um person. yeah there you go thanks that's better i'm going um all medieval the treasure case um and uh the yeah, kind of thing you would hide and, a body and, in if you you know maybe uh, committed a murder it's either kimchi you know? or that yeah. um yeah. But right, so it, it keeps the temperature the same. And so your, your kimchi will taste better after you make it. You put it in the kimchi fridge, not into your normal fridge because it ferments it better. It's the same mm-hmm. as when they used to bury it underground back in the day. You know, underground is very consistent temperature. So it was a kimchi fridge. That's kind of the point of them. Yeah, who would have thought uh, burying food in the ground for long periods of time would make it smell, uh, you know, uh, permeate uh, other <laughs> foods in the fridge. But, uh, you know, no. you never know, I guess. Uh, 
I, I just let's um, go back to something that I that I talked about a little yeah, bit sure, ago, go ahead. just really quick because I think mm. it was, or it's going jumping back topics. But you were talking about acorns, right? And this is something that Ryan and I have mentioned in random conversations in the past. Something that we just think is really funny but cool about Korea in general. Jack, I, I know Ryan and I've talked about this, but have you ever? You've been out. In, I mean, you live kind of outside of the city. Have you? You've been out in the past, and you've seen suddenly like the older older generation of generally the the grandmas sometimes the grandpas are out helping as well and they're just like picking at the grass have you seen yeah that? or or right? at the park yeah. they're pulling berries like uh, right and, and there's so that. many little yeah. grasses and random foods here that are that like in the states like an acorn it's like this is not edible this is you know, acorn food um there's one i just had to look up the english for it souk it's mugwort mm-hmm. um and like that's that's a really like I would look at it and it's like, that's a kind of grass. It's, that's weird. I don't know what that is, but it's delicious when my mother-in-law knows how to make oh, magic yeah, like, with it. Like some of those greens, like, okay, this is cool. There's this some is really cool. cool yeah. Stuff. What Jeff's talking about here. Um, you can see this. You don't necessarily even need to get out to the, the rural areas. It's more common in the rural oh, sure. areas, but you will see this in, in Seoul, in the capital, you will see people doing urban foraging. I guess is what you call it, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. There's sure. people that, yeah. Like, um, I remember back when I lived in Itaewon. You know, the the, the street from Noksapyeong uh, subway station to Namsan, like you know, going up to Kyungidan. So there's like a stretch. There's all these mm. ginkgo trees. So yeah, Namsan, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And that you'll see people out there with a little little basket, and they're just picking the berries off the ground. It's food. You know, you can eat it. Yeah. The, the other cool thing that Kevin's talking about is. Um, the variety of greens. This is still, I've been here for how many years? 12 years. I am still learning all of their, um, the flavors and uses. I know it sounds like a weird thing to say flavor of greens, but there's so many cool, uh, bitter or, um, just strange, for me, strange greens like, uh, chrysanthemum. Sure, I probably had a dish somewhere when I was in like a fancy restaurant or something. It was like, you know, in mixed in with my greens and my salad or something. But here you can just, you buy it by like, you know, the bunch for a buck. And it's used, uh, you know, you blanch it in a hot soup at the table when you're eating and you just eat it up. Um, if you've never had like, you know, a giant clump of blanched chrysanthemum in your mouth, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a powerful flavor. Um, yeah, there's just... If you go to any grocery store, practically, uh, any supermarket, you're going to see a smorgasbord of greens that you probably don't know. Right. And, and it's just a really cool tour. Um, I, I love that. So the greens it's cool are- for me as well, because someone, like you were saying, the urban foraging, so many of it, yeah. like, I would just think like that's a random grass. That's just a random thing. I would never even think that it's a food at all. And, and people are picking it up and doing really cool stuff with it. And it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's a really yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a, uh, I, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, especially uh, talented when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, cooking and stuff. So I, I stick to the, you know, more common lettuces that I recognize, you know, oh, if yeah. I'm going to buy something. I don't know how to cook it at all either, um, but I know what we've been out with, with my, my in-laws. And one time we were out on like kind of a picnic day somewhere and suddenly mother-in-law, she looks down at the ground and she's like, oh, there's a bunch of soup. There's a bunch of mugwort here. And she's like, quick, go to the car, get a bag. And suddenly yeah. an hour later, we're leaving with like 10 kilos of, of, yeah, that's of great. bags. Of, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell are we going to do with this? And then we get home and she's like, just, just wait. And then the next day we've got this like amazing different side dishes and things. And it's like, 
how did you that's just like magic yeah what's well, cool but, yeah. if you if you become familiar with with some of the the greens a lot of them they're not they're not necessarily mysterious once you know what they are so like like suksukat and like um uh, minari minari so minari is a um a plant that uh probably has its english equivalent i can't think of what it is but i use it i use Drop it in wort? what is it drop minari Minari's what my dictionary is, is telling me not yeah. a thing that i know yeah well okay so that's water used parsley in... water celery water drop wort yeah i mean it's probably a species of that, but, uh, you know, who right. knows? So you can, that same thing. You can look at the yeah. dishes that a Korean, you know, menu would plug it in for. You can, you know, you have to be sure because there's there's one, uh, I know there's one popular green here that if you don't cook it, it's like nettles or something. It's not nettles, but it's it has, it's like basically that same principle as eating nettles. Like you have to cook it, otherwise it'll make you sick. Um, but for the most part, you can just use them raw even. But uh, Minari... I use as uh, an addition to my risotto. It adds a nice little crunch. It, mm. The stems are just thick enough. Um, it's not watery. So um, you can kind of use it like a vegetable. So I chop it up really small and I mix it into my risotto. And it also makes for a nice garnish. So and it has this cool, um, fresh taste. Or yeah. like, um, what's the pernilla leaves? The... Um, um, <laughs> What you're you're so far over my head right now. <laughs> oh no! Get, yeah, I don't I don't know most of these either. Guinea, yeah. it's in it's in every kimbap. It's in everything. Guinea, sesame, sesame. Yes, kidney. Are they are sesame they sesame leaves. or pernilla leaves? Is that sesame leaves? Same thing. I pernilla. I don't know. But I know it's like I, I, like I, a grape I or something. But they're they're a little bit fuzzy, and um, some people either love it or hate the flavor. That's a strong taste, mm-hmm. and that's unique. I love them. What do you think? What would you okay? So Kev, Kev loves them. What would you say it tastes like? I'm not good at describing foods in general. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard, it's, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't have a vocabulary for 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 food descriptions. Dude, I have no um, idea what I call it. I don't know. I don't know what it's like. It's gaining, gaining, gaining. It's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it is a strong leafy, but I love leafy veggies in general. Um, but it is definitely a, a very like. It's, it's a stronger one it's like lettuce you know it's just like a, like a kale or something like that like uh, yeah like i like kale as well yeah i i, I, I enjoy those type of like strong leafy veggies um okay. i just so, wanted yeah, to Kenny contribute is definitely uh, an interesting one <laughs> i think i'm I've, I've run out of all all the vegetable names i know uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. but i think the the interesting thing here i think uh the larger point is like um the there's so many names for like um, different types of octopus that they have. Right. You know, when, like, what mm. do we have in Minnesota? We don't, you know, wh- where do you go to get an octopus in Minnesota? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, we're, 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 we're landbound, you know, um, there, you know, I don't think there are too many Seafood octopus, definitely uh, in the, in the uh, Lake Superior. I'm not, I'm not sure. There's you want to talk food, about food that really has a lot of vocabulary is seaweeds here. Right. Like mm-hmm. seaweed is, is seaweed for us, but there's there's Kim, there's milk, there's all these different types of seaweed here in Korea, um, which is also a really interesting thing. And that's that's another one actually for people listening. Like you're thinking like seaweed, depending on how how close to a coast you may live. But it's I mean, if you've ever had sushi, you've had seaweed um, and that's that's Kim. That's the kind of like dried stuff. But then there's, you know, the birthday soup, miyoku, that's like the more like wet, that's, kelpie. That's a- 
That is a little bit different though, because like uh, Gim is actually algae. So that's like they're farming ah. they're growing algae and then they're skimming it. Yeah. But we usually think of it as seaweed. It comes from the ocean. I mean, or like from brackish water or something. I think it's some step. So sea algae. I'm not yeah, sure if that better or worse. That's, that's, that's created. That's kind of like that. But um, yeah, eating like straight up kelp, like, um, you know, like if you see like kelp, like kelp on the coast, if you live in Washington, like where I used to live, like it doesn't look like food to me, but now it does. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's something that, that I'm, I'm wondering as well like like with so many things in in our world uh I, i'm curious what's going to happen in the future because like knowing how to cook you know mugwort or or i mean seaweed that like the the kelp that's going to stick around for a while but like dotori milk the, the acorns and things like that like that's something that my mother-in-law just like knows how to do yeah um you, i feel like, like that, my wife that knowledge is, is that. being lost right like each with each generation <laughs> the, the interest in it is is less and less right yeah, my I mean, wife has no interest in, in knowing how to make acorn or acorn jelly. Yeah, and um, I, I wonder yeah, if it'll like just get like, it'll just be like, I, I wonder about this because, okay, we can think about any tradition on earth. Okay, so for listeners, you're thinking about, oh, okay, yeah. well, anything, really. well food, food change, like, and that's going to change, you know, the, you're going to have a generation that doesn't care to make kimchi during the kimchi season, but, you know, there will be the, you know, the gourmand crowd that will, you know, always care about making kimchi but there's certain traditions here that are really cool and i really do worry that they're going to be lost like mm -hmm. i live in this house and we have the top floor and the bottom floor is this little grandma she's like 86 i think and in the yard we have a, a gate around the house and so in the yard is a courtyard she has kimchi pots um some is this big some are like this big like i could almost sit in it she's making her own uh pickled veggies uh right now i walked in today she's got um all of these uh korean gochu peppers she's got them laid out all over the yard just on the yeah. ground there you ever seen them in a parking lot you know there's, like, yeah. there's days there's days i come home and on the clothesline that that connects like to get to my stairs i have to go under it yeah she's got um fish drying in the sun and i've got yeah. a duck under these dripping fish so like these kind of traditions, I just don't feel like, you know, the next generation's really going to keep up that, that yeah. interest. It's some of those things just don't have the momentum um, to continue that and way. And it's, it's also because it's just so easy to, to buy it these days. Like most yeah. young people are going to be like, yeah, go I could make, I could sit down and make kimchi once a year for the entire year. And the Kim Jong, you know, that kimchi making day is cool. Um, or I could just go to the store and buy it. And these days there's some pretty decent homemade kimchi that you can buy as yeah. well. And like it, it's just getting easier and easier to buy. I mean, it's like everything. People just don't you know how to fix things in their house as much as, as they used to, because you can just pay someone else to yeah. do it for us. So I, I mean, maybe it's a different issue, but like it'll still exist, yeah. you know, like in that, food will in still that exist, corporate kind yeah, of way so though, like, you know, dried yeah. fish that's, which is used for tons of stuff here. Um, that's still going to be a thing. And like, you know, my, this grandma's making, you know, drying out chilies, maybe to grind them and turn them into a powder. And that's the, um, go-to chili powder that's used in everything. So she's making her own. Okay. You buy it. Someone else makes it no problem. But the thing that I think will be lost is that, um, the quality of it being around you, it's not weird for me to walk. Like I go out in my market to get to my house. I, have, I live at the head of the market. So I have to walk into the market to leave basically. And when I go through there, you're seeing these scenes that I think are not going to exist. 
very and, soon. And that's, I mean, that it's happened. All, that's been market. happening for, oh. for, for decades now. Do, what, what, do you remember yeah, those little small, those little houses? I, I forget what you call those neighborhoods, but they look like, I mean, they're these labyrinthine little houses that are kind of stacked on top of one another and they go up the, you know, it, you, you might climb like a hundred stairs to get to the top of the, where all these different little houses are. Do you know what I'm talking about? These neighborhoods, they're almost like, um, I don't want to say shanty towns, but they're, but they're kind of, uh, they're, they're, they're kind of a thing like in Korea. A, like a hundred village, like the traditional construction? Or um, like No, I'm, these are, these were like in Seoul and they were kind of just like little house apartments that are kind of stacked on top oh, of another. And they just keep, oh, yeah. In Huam here, I've got that. I might when I go up to my running trail, it's like right there. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. they're fascinating. They're so cool to look at, but they're knocking them down at just like a you know rapid pace because they're building a you know another high rise apartment complex because and uh, and that's I think that's another little cultural touchstone that is kind of being lost. And uh, you know, I mean, um, I can't blame them you know i mean we did the same thing in in the united states and, and, oh, it's, and yeah it's happening globally know. right and and it's it's a uh, yeah it, it's just it's just sad you know i mean i i think i there is it well, is maybe, it, maybe just it, like in the u.s in the u.s some of that's coming back right so like you know we you know through the 50s and 60s you know automation everything people stop canning their own pickles and stuff you just buy your own pickles but now now we've got all these millennials. They're making pickles, man. So maybe right. the same thing will happen. Maybe like what I like right now is I sit outside. I can have my cup of coffee and I'm watching the fish dry, you know, and I can see the kimchi pots. That's the aesthetic. It's just an awesome aesthetic. Maybe yeah. that'll disappear, but maybe like there'll be another generation that gets stoked. And they're like, you know what? We're bringing back kimchi pots. It'll be, it'll be, like the, the idea the, of it'll the, be the, the vinyl the of, of Korean <laughs> yeah, the, traditional food. The, you know the, what I mean? The year like, 2100 yeah. Korean hipsters are going to be making their own kimchi and, and soybean. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be like, you know what guys, let's bring back drying fish on the clothesline. Let's bring it back. <laughs> and we're baking pickles. <laughs> Instead of micro brew uh, you know, and yeah. pickles, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, kimchi and, and, well, you're right. It, it might it might exist in that in that hobby space where a lot of this stuff is has come back. It'll never come back the way it was before. But, you know, we're never going to pop a CD again into uh, a <laughs> CD player and listen to an album. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Nope. Um, but uh, nope. but maybe that's OK. Maybe that's just the way it's uh, supposed to go. Hey, so um, while we're kind of i think a good thing to to kind of wrap things up with food here just for for people who might not be super familiar with korea is like like we are we are all very familiar with korea and korean food and and we know how to get around and and these days getting around korea is is way easier than it was when we first came here you know like um when i first came here it was impossible to find proper mexican food um and being from arizona i needed my mexican food um and now it's it's all over the place you know there's there's foreign restaurants and there's everything everywhere but in my neighborhood there's really not too much of. If you live in Itaewon area, sure. If you live in Gangnam area, sure. Jack, I'm sure in your neighborhood, it's still pretty Korean in uh, general. You know what? Um, other than fried pretty... chicken and pizzas. Well, we have the uh, we have the uh, two military bases in Pyeongtaek, uh, so there's enough, uh, yeah, really there's plenty of uh, uh, spots like that. Yeah. Well, if you're in other places then where you might not have quite the foreign element, um, you know, it's, it's kind of weird when you come to Korea and you you walk into just like. Korea and the market or the small restaurant and you're like what the hell do I order how did you guys survive when you first came here and you didn't know anything about the food it was hard to find proper foreign food here like what did you eat for the first oh, year Kev we should have started with this question because this is the classic one this is the classic 
I love this. I love this. Jack, you want to go first? This will tie it all together. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay, if you looked at my good story, okay, go 2000, 2004, I'm, I live by myself. I'm starting a new job at a Hagwan. And if you looked at my refrigerator, you would find uh, maybe like a half drunk bottle of soju, um, a <laughs> tin of samjang. Uh, do you know what samjang is? Uh, kind of like the spice comes, or the, the sauce. Yeah, it's like a duenjang um, and fermented soybean paste with rendered ferment- soybean fermented, uh, fermented soybean fermented paste. chili chili paste and fermented soybean paste mixed together with some sesame oil. I consider it the most underrated condiment on the planet. It is the most. <laughs> it is awesome. I every I I swear to God, I've had this it. conversation with millions like. I'm sorry, but not millions, but many, many foreign pe- foreigners. <laughs> and uh, I get, I'm a hyperbolic sometimes. Um, and uh, every single one of them was like, yes, I know. It's fantastic. I put it on my kimbap. I put it on my mandu. I would just, so I, my meal every day for lunch when I went home is I would buy a, roll, a kimbap roll and uh, a mandu. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't explain what mandu is. Mandu is uh, dumplings. Uh, Dumplings, yeah. right? Uh, pot stickers, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd bring them back home, and I'd put some samjang on it, like kind of like uh, putting wasabi on sushi. I would put the the samjang, the the bean paste, mm. on the kimbap, and I ate that for lunch every day for a year. I just that's the to samjang. That was it, you know. I was I like yeah. That's all I had in my fridge, you know. It, it, my it my like yeah, the, my first year here, know. I I never cooked either. Like I I. I went to the store one time and I bought some food. I'm like, I'm going to make rice. And then I just didn't. Um, I ate out always. And that's, that's one thing actually that I think uh, people talk about Korea being really expensive to live. And that's true. Of course, housing is very expensive and a lot of foods can be very expensive, but I ate a ton at like the local kimbap restaurant at the local, just Korean, you know, it's it's basically for people who don't know, it's kind of like the, the, the Korean fast food place. Like you go in, they have just a menu of everything on it. You know, it's like a diner and it's just got every kind of Korean food. And is it amazing quality? No, but it's pretty cheap and they've got everything there. Yeah, and and actually, I was in, it's also just really quick. It's also yeah. much healthier than like American fast food. It's kind of a cool thing. Oh, sure. It's mm-hmm. like you can get a $4 meal and it's not going to like give you diabetes. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think <laughs> if the $4 you're losing meal the war is a bit carbs, outdated, yeah. right? I think that was I haven't, the first I haven't I haven't either, but but I still think I think now the average is probably about six. Um, yeah. But I'll still occasionally go to those around campus actually for lunch when when I have like a lunch break or something like that from between classes. But I ate in one of those like kimbap restaurants almost every day. Um, like that it was between my house and the Hagwon where I was working. There was one of those kimbap restaurants, and I walked in. And I mean, I eat nothing but bibimbap for the first three weeks because it's the only food I knew. But then as I slowly started asking friends and slowly started learning the menu. I just, that's all I ate. I was in there almost every day. And that's how I survived for the first year. And it was relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. And they've got a variety of really cool Korean foods. And by the Once way, I did great start reason cooking, to learn how oh, to read Korean too. Oh yeah, just learning the foods. Because the little menu, the, is, the menu where you circle what you want is all in Korean. If you can learn <clears> to read that, that's a great way to start. The things you want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no, that, that was my first year here was just eating in one of those restaurants and you can do it like like ryan was saying for pretty cheap like mm-hmm. it's not a lot of money there's a variety of food it's relatively healthy unless you just order the donkas every day the fried pork um yeah. like it's there's it's healthy. yeah i mean there's there's definitely unhealthy things but generally it's a lot of rice and veggies and, and korean style food and that's what i survived off of for my first year plus in in korea yeah. 
I think it's a great way to get initiated into the, the food because they have the kimchi stew. They've got the duenjang stew. They've got the sundubu uh, stew, which is uh, 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 a tofu. Soft, soft tofu. tofu. Yeah. Um, you'll eat a kimbap, which is like a sushi roll kind of thing, but it's more without like the fish. Without the fish. Um, you'll, I mean, it really is like a great way to kind of like dip your foot in if you want to try um traditional try a mediocre dishes. version of all of the different the, right things. it's a mediocre ver- right it's a mediocre version of basically the the, the most famous uh foods yeah. that, you know the 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 main foods yeah it's it's, it's like it's the vanilla it's the vanilla hit list of korea so if you mm. if you're coming yeah. to korea and you're looking for these places there's two chains of them that are really easy to identify so just like mcdonald's is a chain they have two chains here for these things one is uh what are they Kimbap Changuk uh, and Kimbap Nada, Kimbap, I think. Nada. So um, one much, trans- kimbap, if you just learn, if you learn how to say Kimbap, either sometimes it's in English as well, but also learn how to read it in Korean and just look for that. And there's look for the color, look for the color orange, like Ryan's bumper, you know? Yeah, just look for an orange sign and, it, and you know, yeah, and tables yeah. And, and, but, and orange walls. Yeah. For myself, yeah, I, would, point. I was a little reluctant. I didn't, I didn't really... Um, when I, I got to Busan, I had the unique opportunity to always have dinner with like a group. It just kind of seemed to happen like every night. So I didn't have to deal with um, sorting myself out much except for lunch. And, you know, I don't think I'm good at cooking, but I like cooking. So I've got like, obviously these guys prefaced it that way in the intro here because I'm like the guy who likes to cook. So I like to cook at my house. So if you know me, you know that. And uh, I had a lot of fun in the first period I was here because I would go to the markets and there was so much stuff I didn't know. And uh, so I would just load up, come home and just do experiments with stuff Um, or going to the supermarkets. The prepackaged stuff uh, cracked me up. I using things like um, odang, which is like fish sausage. Mm -hmm. So they take the fish. We're talking about my little grandma downstairs. It's drying the fish. You can take and, I guess, grind it into a powder, mix it with some, uh, I think, wheat flour, too. And then they some flavors, salt and spices. That's whatever. also in duck bokey. They, they put that in there as well. Yeah, so so you'll, you'll see the, mm-hmm. yeah. you'll see odang. Odang is in tons of uh, street food. Mm-hmm. It's fish sausage. Um, and and I was told that's what it was. So I was like, ah, oh, fish sausage. I'll just treat it like sausage. So like, you know, I tried frying it up with some peppers and eggs, you know, like it's sausage. <laughs> it's not quite. <laughs> that didn't quite work. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's a good try though. Uh, yeah. A plus but for I, effort. I just, I just took a, I took a go at everything that I saw. And um, so I had a blast. I had a blast. Um, but when it came to, you know, on the street and I got to eat, you know, um, same thing. I, I hit up, uh, Kim up Chungu, I think, was my go-to in the area I was living initially. And I did the sundubu jjigae, the soft tofu mm-hmm. soup. It always has yeah, it always has like a poached egg in it. So it's like a red broth, often has like half of a blue claw crab in it, which doesn't really give you a lot of meat, but it gives a lot of flavor. Um, a couple of clams, little tiny clams again. And those the- suckers are hot as the surface yeah. of the sun man it takes forever <laughs> yeah. for those to cool off you know yeah <laughs> that's in the hot bowl yeah. but if, if you're looking for something that's like just filling it doesn't sound like it's like what a bowl of soup that's not much but 
anytime you order the soup, you automatically, in most dishes, you get uh, rice for free. It just kind of comes with as part of the package. And that's a cup of rice and a cup of sticky rice. And then there's uh, always just a little smattering of banchan, which are side dishes mm. that always come with it. And it's kind of like whatever the chef's got for the day, whatever's yeah. going on. Sometimes you get places. lucky, man. Yeah, yeah, it's true. In, yeah. in these places, it's very limited. So your banchan might be like two things. But if you're in uh, most other restaurants, you can really like strike gold. Yeah. With so much freaking banchan. That and they'll the refill it too, you know? They'll give you more for free. Yeah. yeah. Side dishes, when you, when you finish it, you can just get more. It just keeps going. Yeah. So if you want to get bombed, you can do it for six bucks. You just kind of keep filling up. But in those places, these chains, you'll have unlimited kimchi. So the kimchi is free. It's, it's self-serve. They have a tub of kimchi. You can just go and load it. And yeah, if you've got that, a cup of rice and a little broth, I mean, you get stuffed on it. You're doing all right. Yeah. You can, uh, you know, Korea is, is a, if you look at the, uh, you know, index of like how expensive uh, OECD countries is, I know that Korea ranks quite high and we could talk about that in a later podcast. A lot of that has to do with real estate and and stuff like that, but, but there are ways to really, uh, there really are to, to really, uh, you know, mitigate your, uh, your monthly food expenses. If you're a single person, because I think it actually, yeah. and even eating out, you can, you can, I think it's shit. cheaper to eat out than it is to cook. For, oh for man, we got to yeah. this into another episode. We got another episode. We got yeah. another, another one. I'm, I'm not done. I'm not yeah. done. We're running out of time for real. <laughs> you, just, yeah. you just picked up another subject right there. Talking about like the economics of eating out yeah, and the experiences of eating out, like, especially for listeners you know, probably stoked on either finding Korean restaurants wherever you are or traveling here. The, I love, I love the dining experiences you can have in the city, in this country. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that just hooked me to live in. And we haven't country. even talked about, I think we really do have to do an episode where we, we talk about the, just the, the real convivial nature of, of Korean society, how important eating out is. And, yeah. and what a like a like a proper meal is because there is a hierarchy and kimbap changuk is not eating out eating out in american <laughs> culture no, is sure. anything right. outside of your house you know what i mean from mcdonald's to what you know uh uh wolfgang puck you know but it's you're, you're not eating at home you're eating out but i think there's a there's a little different hierarchy here you know where the like uh you know, we're, we're going out to a restaurant and yeah, we didn't we, really we even touch on that at all, true. you know? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, that's, I think that's why I like, I jumped on that. Cause I started talking about like how you can get like unlimited banchan. I started picturing like, wait, 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 wait. we haven't talked at all about the experience. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's an experience you can have. And it's the classic thing you do when you travel, you go find restaurants and that's the easiest thing to do. What do I eat? Right. Korea, I really think is a level up. It's really fun. And there's so it, many different, things to experience well, let's, it is let's go ahead and, and save this then for, for maybe even next time yeah man another time soon for uh, sure. well let's yeah, you know, nice. hopefully send us give us uh send us some emails where uh you can contact us at the soul patch at gmail.com and uh that's uh soul is spelled s-e-o-u-l and uh you know if you're interested in in food uh you know uh in the topic today uh give us some uh, listener mail and tell us you know a- ask us questions where we love talking about this stuff um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, I guess that's it for tonight. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, hit the like button. Um, any other buttons you see on there, hit those too. Um, <laughs> buttons are meant to be pushed. 
push push our buttons, man. We we want it. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, Amazon Music, uh, etc. And uh, if you want to help us out, uh, it really does uh, help help us out to uh, leave a review in uh, Apple Co- Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, please uh, give us a, a good review there. And uh, I guess we'll take care, and uh, we'll catch you at the patch next week. So good night, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Peace. Let the bass go.